You're listening to ViewSource, a conversation around tech, web development, and WordPress with hosts Ruba Ahmed, that's me, and Brian Kortz. Ruba, how are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I am excited to talk about accessibility today. How about you? Me too. I feel like accessibility is one of those things that even though everyone talks about how important it is, we don't actually talk about the details of what we need to know and understand and do in order to actually make accessibility happen. So I'm really excited for this discussion today. (laughs) Yeah, and I've been working on some projects where we're taking older code and like making sure it's accessible and things that were built, you know, even just a handful of years ago, you look at and you go like, oh, this just wouldn't fly today. And that's that's a really good thing. It's such a it's such a difference from where I think the industry was like five years ago. Definitely. I think accessibility is far more accepted as this core piece of working and creating on the web. And the fact that it took us this long to get here is a little bit sad, but at least we are here now and it's gaining steam. And, uh, you know, we're taking a lot more seriously and I'm really excited because it's one of those things that I'm still like working to learn as well. You know, like I wouldn't say that I have a perfect handle on it. (laughs) Yeah, I would say there's like two things. One is like understanding why access, like why the choices are being made the way they're being made. And then the second part is like just the technical specs of, you know, making sure really your HTML, most of all, is like super accessible. So there's like the technical knowledge, but like first there's kind of just the understanding of like, what are you trying to accomplish? What is the goal here? What, um, what sorts of things should you be thinking about as you're, as you're building out your code? Yeah. And I feel like a part of learning about accessibility is almost like a re-education process around the purpose of different HTML elements, because maybe in the way that the web and website making has evolved over time. Sometimes we use the wrong elements and don't think about what those elements were actually meant for. And if we just use them for the things that they were supposed to be used for, we would already be making such strides towards accessibility, you know? Yeah. And I think it's really good that this is going to be mostly a focus on HTML, but we're in the middle of a series on React. So like, it's a good reminder that like your React really has to have good semantic HTML at its core because that's what your end user is really going to interact with. And so, you know, unless that happens, unless that knowledge and education is there, it's, it's you know, all the JavaScript in the world won't save you from, you know, especially with all of us who love using JavaScript to make super interactive, fun things online. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I'm really excited that in this process of, looking at React inside WordPress and then, you know, eventually growing into making an accordion block for the WordPress block editor, we are just, you know, baking accessibility into it from the beginning and not taking it as sort of an afterthought. So yeah, I'm looking forward to how we, how we look, do that, you know, let's dive into that code. Yeah. I wanted to take a step back first though. I just want to talk about when we're thinking about accessibility, what you're like, what you're thinking about is how is a user interacting with a website? And there's really two sorts of key components when you're interacting with a website. There's like the visual component, which is I'm looking at your website. I'm, you know, navigating it often visually. The second piece Mm -hmm. is like a motor sensory thing where I'm using a mouse, I'm using a keyboard, I'm using like, you know, physical muscles to navigate through your website. And I think those are like the two key areas where I think you have to think about 
okay, what if I didn't have, you know, vision or I had some sort of visual impairment, whether it's like loss of vision or colorblindness, how would that affect how I interact with this website? And yeah. if I have some sort of motor issue where I can't use a mouse, I can't click, I can't hover, I'm maybe just have one thing I can do, which is tabbing through things and hitting enter, stuff like that. So I think like those two key areas, when you think about interacting through the keyboard, through the mouse, through the screen, and through like voiceovers, that kind of helps you think about what decisions you might make for accessibility. Yeah, definitely. I think for those of us who are maybe a little more able-bodied or whatever the term is really, you know, we mostly interact and with the websites and the digital web visually, but really we need to consider a lot more of the senses uh, because even though it's in front of us and we're use, use, using it visually, that's not always the case, right? Sometimes I forget about that too, but I just always remind myself, you know, hey, sometimes I listen to things. Sometimes I even have a temporary disability where I'm like washing dishes and I can't use my hand and it would be so nice to be able to do certain things and for that to just be a natural, normal available thing you know yeah and so most of what we'll focus on is dealing with how would this work with a visual impairment where like a screen reader might be explaining you know a user's journey through a page um, and Mm -hmm. how would this work if i couldn't use my mouse and i was maybe only able to tab through things or something like that but yeah before we get there do you want to give us a recap of like where we are in our react building journey Yeah. So in the very first episode of this series, we looked at how to just get React onto the page inside WordPress, what that sort of looks like. And we created a button that says hello on it. And then when you click it, click it, it shows the word world. And that was completely inaccessible, uh, but it did have a button. So there is that. And Yes. Okay. So we're just sharing the screen here and we can see the button that said hello. And if you click on it, then it says the word world. Yeah, but it's not accessible. And then we sort of dove into, in the next part, we dove into the sort of meat and potatoes, as I had called it back then. (laughs) Once or twice. (laughs) Yeah, maybe just once or twice uh, of, you know, what sort of React it took to create this and what a React component is. But, you know, before we actually dive into creating a block, we are, you know, shifting gears and we need to actually explore what the heck our accordion does, is, and make sure that we're looking at it as accessibly as possible. So the big reveal is I did a lot of this accessibility work and I've updated our code base. So I'm going to switch branches right now and I'm going to reload the page. So this was what our code looked like last time. I'm going to jump over to the next commit that has all of this information. I'm going to give it a quick reload. And ooh. Ooh, it's looking different. And I see. Okay. Okay. Walk me me through it. Okay. So first thing is, hello world moved up into a big kind of header area. we're using more of a larger heading font, which we'll kind of get into mm-hmm. semantically. There's mm-hmm. a little like visual indicator that there is an accordion and I clicking on it will expand the right. content. When I click on it, I get all of Ooh. my content showing. Okay. There's a lot more there than we had before. <laughs> I'm seeing I, a bunch of good lorem ipsum here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's lorem ipsum and uh, I got a little link in here. Do you want to give me your like guess or theory why I changed all the content of your block? 
Well, first, now it actually looks like an accordion because it has real content in it. So that's really good. But I'm going to guess that it's really important to be able to navigate inside an accordion too. And that's this is going to help us demonstrate that and talk about it. Yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to put something inside of the content of the accordion that required like a user interaction and would be right. something they could focus on, interact with. So that's why I have a paragraph, but I have some of the text uh, converted into a link and it's just going to help yeah. us when we do kind of the walkthrough of all of this. But otherwise, pretty standard FAQ page accordion right here, don't you think? Yes, but I know we were talking about this before. This is not actually an accordion, right? Yeah, break break <laughs> this down. I have a I have like a list of semantic things that I want to I want to get to here. So, yeah. This is not an accordion. Explain to me you explain what what is this so when we when we were learning bootstrap and this was the first time i had come across this terminology and i guess i just never thought about it before or i called it something different but in bootstrap they call this piece here when it's just one heading with opening content a collapse you know or a yep. collapsible section that's all yeah. it is and then when I was researching this for this episode, in the accessibility standards, they say that an accordion, they specifically say that an accordion is a vertically stacked sections that all, like multiple sections that sort of are set up together. That's what an accordion is. So is that how you always think about it? Yeah. And it's like, I'll be honest, I never thought about that distinction. Like it's kind of a semantic yeah. distinction, but like it does make a lot of sense. I think what's going to happen is as we get further along, we will need to be stacking these elements and we will want to yeah. do some of the things that an accordion does where like you click one and it closes the other ones and opens this one. And, right. you know, I, I, I sort of there's understand There's a relationship. That. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a broader state that's going to have to be managed and that sort of thing. Yeah, totally. Okay. There's also like the sections inside of it. So like we have up here what they would call like the header of it. And in here yeah. is like the body or the panel of it. See, I always call this one whole thing a panel, but I guess it makes sense that it wouldn't be the whole thing as a panel, but instead there is a, like it's a section that has a panel, you know, cause that's the part that's sliding in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is the panel. This is the heading. The one that I keep getting tricked up on, and this is like, I'm never going to solve this problem, but it's like <laughs> a heading versus a header. Yeah. Can you explain like the difference between those two things? Yeah. I mean, I think when I think of a header of a website, a header has multiple components in it, but like it'll have the site logo and it'll have a navigation. It might have like a search area, but a heading is one atomic piece that typically doesn't have anything except for one thing in it. So like the header, like the like the header of a blog post, you know, in that the heading would be the title, even though the header itself might have the title, the f featured image and the date. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah. And I think like, you know, you think of like the header of your website and then this is like yeah. the header of a blog post. Right. But this is the heading yeah. element, which is typically an H1, H2 and so forth. So it's, it's one of those things where whenever I'm typing that, I, whatever one I think I'm talking about, I say the wrong one, you know, and it's like, <laughs> I always have to stop and go heading header or when I'm like naming variables or anything like that, or like naming yeah. parts. It's always, 
it, I, don't, I just don't think I'm ever going to internalize that one. I think it's just lost. But like when we get into the code of this, then I have a question because even though this top part, right, we're saying this is a header, right? The hello world and the, the little icon triangle, it's a header. Yeah. But is it a header <laughs> based on what we just talked about, you know? When we go into the code, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before we go into the code, I think there's one more thing, which is I think we should demo like the keyboard navigation of this element, right? Yes. Yeah. So I close the accordion. We're looking at like just the whole page. I'm going to tab focus through it so you can see like here's where the focus is right now. So if I were to hit enter or return my keyboard, I would like go to that link. Um, yes, the site logo. I tab. Exactly. And then I tab over to my navigation menu and, you know, there's, I have a rant somewhere about the navigation block in Gutenberg that I had to use to build this. Um, so if you could find that and splice that in here, um, I think everyone needs to hear my <laughs> struggles getting that navigation block working for this demo site. Now I will and tab then. focus to the accordion itself, which is the next uh, focusable element on the page. And, and it actually nice... doesn't focus on the big outline you have around it it actually focuses inside on what i'm guessing is the header right well it's focusing on the button so there's an actual button element that's focusable and we'll kind of go into that because it's important to know like what's focusable what is you know what's the best semantic way so this is actually a button is what's being focused right now and if i hit you should be able to hit return to basically open or close the element. And then at that point, I can actually tab into my content and I can focus Mm. on the next thing, which is the link here. Right. And that's really important because, you know, yeah, FAQs are often one that will just often just have links, but sometimes accordions or accordion sections have more than just like regular content. And sometimes they have forms in it. Sometimes they have like call to actions in there or videos, all kinds of things can end up in there. Right. So it's really important that people can interact with that too. Yeah, and if, like if you look at the, we'll definitely link in the show notes to some like documentation about accessibility and the demo that they use. It's literally like a form, so each panel mm-hmm. is a set of form fields and stuff. So it is really important right. to make sure you can do that. On the other hand, I'll go back and focus. I'm going to close the accordion. Once the accordion's closed, I don't want to be able to focus on anything inside of it. I should be able to just go past it and move further right. down the page and skip over that content. Okay, and there's probably something that you're you've included in the element in the code to be able to do that, right? To make sure it's not focusing on the stuff inside it. I mean, it's React, so it probably doesn't exist. But even if it does exist, you shouldn't be focusing on it, right? So that's a good question. It is because it's React, it's like not in the DOM at all. But um, normally, if you're using like a display none, I think you're fine. That's true. That's true. You're right. That also basically acts like it's not in the DOM. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's a few things that we won't demo here, but like, there, when you get we get into the code, we'll see that there's some aria tags that are here and they're on the button and they're basically letting the user know is it expanded or not because the user doesn't know when they're on the button if it's expanded or if it's not. So there is like mm-hmm. what's called an aria tag that would let like a voiceover tool know that um, you know if you click this it'll expand it or it's expanded. Click it to close it. Yes. And I memorized it for the episode. Aria stands for accessible, accessible, rich application. Wait, accessible, rich internet applications. That's it. Accessible, rich internet applications. Yes. Okay. Very good. That's very good. Just in case. (laughs) Just in case someone was wondering, because I've always wondered and never thought to look it up before. 
let's go let's go to the code and yes and look at this stuff okay yeah let's do it okay i have the code editor open we're looking at our app.js file and we're just going to kind of go line by line through this you ready yes i'm ready i'm already seeing a bunch of interesting things here okay so most of the top of this file did not change so we're importing state from WordPress's element package. We're setting up our state of whether the accordion is open or closed. We have a little function to handle toggling all of that. All of that's kind of the same. And so you can watch the previous episode to get a sense of how that state works and, and what those functions do. Yeah, we'll link it in the cards up in the corner for you. The next thing is this right here. So the big change is our accordion is made up of two pieces. This heading header area up here and then the mm -hmm. actual content down here so let's start with the heading slash header and break it down so this is what i meant because h2 is a heading it's not a header but we're treating it as a header right yeah isn't that kind of weird so, <laughs> so it's doing both yeah um yeah i don't <laughs> that's pretty weird I'm just yeah. going to make a joke, but I won't about how, how weird I think that is or not going to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so this was actually a big one that we kind of had to dig into because um, I've seen like I recently just saw some accordions where there was no button, right? There was just an H2. And then there was like uh, a lot of this stuff was on the H2. Um, the thing the is, tags and stuff. yeah, like all of the extra information, the click right. event was was bound to the H2 and that sort of thing. So, you right. know. The problem with that is an H2 is not like by default a like focusable element. So if you add click events to an H2, but you don't specifically put in like role equals button to like let, mm -hmm. you know, the browser know that this is a clickable element. If you don't do that extra piece, um, you kind of lose a lot of stuff in it. It actually just isn't accessible. Right. And you're just like making it harder for yourself instead of taking advantage of everything that's already baked into the browser but, for certain elements. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one extra element, but it's definitely worth the trade-off. Right. That said, what I did not know is that when I styled this or when I put the button inside the H2, it actually did not take any of the font size. Like the browser defaults actually like kind of messed with that and they really wanted it to be a button and even when I did like appearance none on the button mm -hmm. so you can I'll switch over to my CSS but like I had to put in all these like inherits on everything to like yeah that's interesting yeah so I mean I can see why it would have like that button look but you would think that if it says appearance none then it would just so what what, what happened it was just like a regular tiny piece of text yeah, and not, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. It, Interesting. Because the browser was inject like the browser style sheet had like font, some font and other stuff like right. on it that was separate. So you kind of had right. to like do that. So I would say just caveat, like test this in multiple browsers to make sure your styling was right. Because it did not take the styling immediately. <laughs> Noted. Okay. Let's go through these elements real quick. Um, I give the button yeah. an ID. That'll be important later. Mm-hmm. We have a click event on the button. That's React. But we went over that before. Nothing changed there. Yep. This is the change right here. Aria expanded. This is where you're telling uh, any sort of screen reader whether or not the content is expanded. And 
I was actually unsure. In my mind, I was kind of thinking it went on the actual element, like letting you know if the element is expanded, but it's on the button mm. because the person is on the button and the button needs to know if the content is expanded. So right. um, we just bound it to the React variable called is open. Which is really nice. And just mm -hmm. the same one variable that we can just take care of everything with. Mm -hmm. I, I might rename the variable. I'm, I forgot to tell you. No, I, I think it makes sense. We should make it is expanded. <laughs> is expanded. Yeah. Let's like, yeah. keep it all the same. Totally. And then fi finally, um, ARIA controls, where we're just letting the, the browser know which element we're talking about, um, which element are we controlling the, the visibility of. Right. It's sort of like the remote control. You know, That's the thing that you're going to use to control whether you can see or use the content and what it's linked to. I think it's a really well-named ARIA tag. <laughs> I will say the one thing though is, um, you know, we're using React to like show and hide this. And if we were not, like if the content was always in the DOM, like this right here is not going to actually do the work of showing and hiding the content. So that's something right. to keep in mind. Like this, this is about like sending information, but it's, this has nothing to do with the actual interactivity. Like you have to build that. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's static information. It's not information that, yeah, you need, you need JavaScript of some kind or some sort of fancy CSS toggle owl selectors, not stuff going owl on selectors. to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Like a, those like janky, like I'm a checkbox, but I, you know, you click me and it like does all these other things. I've definitely done that. Okay. And yeah. it works really nicely when you don't want to use some yeah. JavaScript, but you're right. It is a little janky. It's not my, <laughs> it's not my favorite. It's like checkbox <laughs> trickery. I don't know why it feels shisty to me. <laughs> all right. Um, that's it. Anything? Well, you do, you will also notice that my little, uh, carrot guy is just a pretty basic pseudo element. Right. You know? But you could Nothing have fancy. also just put it in there if you wanted inside the button, right? Like put the icon in there as an actual yeah. icon. Yeah. Yeah. I could have, um, there's no reason not to, um, you know, I was, you know, I, for a minute there, I thought, well, if I put an icon, I guess I need to put a um, screen reader text for the icon and everything. But, mm. um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's purely decorative and it's not right. in any way functional or content. Right. So, yeah, it's really just a visual indicator. It's not an indicator in any other way because the ARIA tags are controlling all the other indicators. Right. Exactly. So it felt like it would just um, like Clutter add noise. Up. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I yeah. get that. So that's a good tip because, you know, you we always have some sort of like plus or minus or a triangle or something like that going on in there. So I like the idea that you would just do it in a pseudo, keep it nice and clean inside the HTML. Yeah. And I just like display flex the button. So like it actually puts it nicely. I didn't have to absolute position. I didn't have to do anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. When it's clicked, we have a little transform rotation on it. And this guy right here, which is actually one of my favorite things. Yes. I love that you can target ARIA tags inside your CSS. So if you just handle that, then you don't even have to have extra classes or anything, right? Yeah. And like, I was actually thinking about this for a, an unrelated piece of code recently um, today that I was reviewing and it had, you know, it was like toggling classes on things like it's open, closed, all that sort of stuff. And you, you probably know what I'm thinking of. And I'm thinking about it and I didn't think about it till right now in this moment. I thought like, oh, we could actually do this. Like, this yeah. would actually be a much better way to do it. And it needs to have accessibility baked into it anyway, so it's perfect. Yeah, okay, so like, yeah, less code, less code, for sure. Yes, 
less jankiness, less just less and more of just like using what is available to us semantically in the browser, which I love because the less code we can write, the cleaner we can keep it, the better. Yeah. And like I said, I've been reviewing some of my old code. And so uh, this has been very helpful for me <laughs> to, to, to see where I go. Oh, wow. I, I, I overdeveloped it. It's like that thing where it's like a good developer, like has less code and not more. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Right. So that is our accordion section header, mm -hmm. right? So now we're going yes. into the, what is called the panel. Yes. So we have, it's, um, inside of this JavaScript function here where we're basically just checking the value of is open. So this all kind of stays the same. Um, the difference mm -hmm. here is I wrapped it in a nice uh, div so that I could, for one, give it, give the whole container an ID and like link those two things together. Right. Do you think, is there something wrong? Do you see an error? I mean, it's, is there an error? Wait, is there an error? No. Tell me if think you so. think there's an error. Hold on, hold on. Aria control, the, it controls the panel and it's labeled by the button. I don't know. Tell me, what's, what's the error? This guy right here does not belong. So oh. I'm passing IDs in Aria controls and Aria labeled by, you're passing the ID of an element yeah. um, of which element you're talking about. And notice up here, I don't actually have like the like hash the selector, like the CSS selector. And in here I do, and it's not supposed to be there at all. Right. So it always has to be an ID. So you don't actually need the hashtag there. Okay. Yeah. That makes and sense. And I think that would actually break it because it would be the wrong, the wrong ID. But it didn't break it. You showed the front end and it was working. Oh, but it might well, but break it like for a voiceover. Or for the for voiceover, like, yeah. For the voiceover, device. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. I don't I don't think I ever actually paid attention to the fact that you can't have the hashtag in there or that you can only use IDs, even though I know that you can only use IDs in there. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know that I would say you can't. We are I you maybe you can't. I didn't look into it, but I'm pretty sure that it would break it. <laughs> yeah, I think um, so too. You're right. And then everything else here is like, you know, pretty standard and we can put in a bunch of stuff and um, you know, this is gonna toggle right. it pretty well. Mostly because you put a little you put a little transition on it in your styles, right? No, I didn't get that far. No? Okay. Well, okay. I think that opens a conversation because in my mind, like the real, real use case for this would be a page that's loaded where the the content is all loaded, right? Like the right. idea that we're building this in React, yes, but you know, at the end of the day, the front end of a most like WordPress websites are not yeah. gonna be injecting content react so i think there would be yeah. a different thing about transition and, and the animations and stuff that i would do a lot differently if i were animating it in with react or if i were showing content that was already on the dom okay so but why would it have to be different i mean you could still have the transitions on it even if it's being injected into the dom because then as soon as you add it then that transition would play right of yeah. like sliding it out really nicely or whatever. Yeah, you don't think, I guess in my mind, I was like, I'm going to need a React library that handles it, but it's like, no, I can just do some CSS, like the yeah, same you CSS animation. Yeah, you yeah. just like okay. translate it, right? Like use the like the transform and translate it down or something like that, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't get that. I like answer. that. 
<laughs> well, I mean, that wasn't that wasn't the point, but this is really cool. So this is an an accessible accordion section. But in React or even in like not React, if you had multiple of them, you would have to have some way of identifying the different unique IDs, right? Which we don't have right now because they're hard coded in. Yes. So I think that's like a good place to say what we'll do next, which is I think the next thing we need to do is plan for multiple accordions. And I think what that really means is a lot of like this stuff needs to be broken down into separate con uh, components yeah. and we need to be able to like have dynamically different IDs so that we're not, you know, we can't just hard code IDs cause we're going to have multiple ones on the page, potentially a, a more like higher state that can kind of track all at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? I th yeah. I think that makes sense. And I'm excited because we'll be pulling in some stuff we already learned about React components, but then also adding a little bit more React knowledge in it and also talking about how it all works when there's an actual accordion and not just a single accordion section. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, you know, episode three on this series, we hit accessibility. Next time we will, I think we got to be better and get our, and yes. not even give a demo if we're not going to put in that accessibility. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. Next time it needs to be episode one. <laughs> episode zero. <laughs> zero. Yeah. Zero indeed. Yes. Okay. All right. So I'll see you on that next episode. Break out some components. All right. Yeah. See you then. All right. Bye. Bye. Visit viewsource.fm for the latest updates and links to the show notes. Review and subscribe to ViewSource in iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.